The text for the sermon this day is taken from that reading from Revelation, which was read a little bit ago. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I think of Les, the thing I think about is how he he smiled almost all the time always seemed to try to make other people's laugh. Was he always a, kind of a jokester most of his life? Okay. Make sure it wasn't just, he wasn't just picking on me. But he always liked, you could always tell, he was always trying to make anyone laugh. You could see him waiting in anticipation for you to give that smile. And one of the things that stands out to me is whenever... He would, whenever leaving church, I was just reflexively, sometimes a little bit more, too bad, I do this reflexively because sometimes we have evening services, but I'll say good morning, sometimes it's evening, I'll say good morning, but I'll say good morning, and when I get to less, he would say, is it now? Which would make, force me to pause and think whether or not it was a good morning. And I could not help but think about that even today as all the people would come, anybody would say to me, would say good morning to one another this, today. The question could be asked, is it now? Did he ever do that with you guys? Okay. And how do you answer that, is it now? You look outside, looks so, pretty beautiful day out. A lot nicer than it was yesterday. But then there is also the fact of why we are gathered here today. And so it makes it a little bit of a complex answer to, give that, to answer that question. Is it a good morning? Because the reality is, is that we are here for a funeral. We are here because Les has died. The reality is, is that in the last several years, when you had moving, I'm guessing moving from Arizona to here was largely because of health. And there was, because I'm guessing it's not because you thought, boy, I missed those Iowa winters. It's because his health was dwindling. And over the years, it's gotten worse, and his memory has faded. And it got to the point where he barely knew what was going on. I know the last time I visited him to commune, to commune him, I wasn't able to commune him because he did not know what was going on. And that happens with when people get to that point. To watch that happen, to have someone you love, to even to have to leave the home, to go live in a nursing home, which nothing against nursing homes, but there is still the tough, the difficult 
reality of having to have move someone out. To not have them in that place that they were. For the last, what was it, a year about? You've known when you go to the house, there's probably a chair that he used to sit in. And you look, he's not there. And now that's going to hit even harder than it did before. See, that is what we live in. Our temptation when someone dies is we try to find comfort in the death. We will say, well, at least they lived a long life. That's one I get a lot more often than anything else. The problem with that statement is, one, is that we're recognizing that there are people that don't live long, which right away should make us sad. And there's also the reality that death was not meant to be. We are not supposed to die. Death is a consequence of our sin. I don't mean specific sins. I mean the sinful nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve. Death is a consequence of it. If there was no sin in the world, there would be no death. If there was no sin in the world, we would not be here. In fact, actually, the church wouldn't be here because the entire world would be a church. You wouldn't need a cemetery. But the reality is, is that there is sin. And every single one of us is born infected by it. The other thing we will say is that at least they're not suffering now. Which there is some level of truth to that comfort. But the problem is, is that we are also acknowledging that they were indeed suffering. There's a twisted nature to all the comforts that we try to come up with. And the reality is it all points to that on one sense, it is not a good morning. Because right before us is the consequence of our sin. This is what it leads to. There's a reality that every single one of us is dying. Right now at, at St. Peter and at St. John, I've been doing a Bible study about death and dying because it is something that is pretty frequent amongst our congregations. And actually, everyone's going to die, in case you're wondering. So, But the thing is, is that there's a... One of the, the services I've started going over is the commendation of the dying. And I've mentioned it that sometimes when you do go through the commendation of the dying with an individual, it does not mean necessarily they're going to die that day. I know pastors have, have gotten through the commendation of the dying three or four times with the same person. And the thing is, is we are, should be mindful of the fact that all of us, are dying. It's not just the person in their last days on this earth. 
Even the newborn child is dying. That is what sin has brought into this world. But you see, many years ago, in not this specific church, because this, it was the original church, Les was brought to a different baptismal font, but that's a, one of the reasons why it's now nice and sent, front and center in the church now. And so whenever you're sitting down for worship, it's right in front of your face. And I don't know if any of you guys notice, it looks very natural right in that center there. And right now, I made sure we didn't push it off to the side, just put it up a little bit. So you could still see it. Because many years ago, 80 some odd years, I'm gonna, anybody know what year exactly he was baptized? I know he was born in 27, so we're going to guess 88, 89 years ago, he was baptized. When he was brought before the font, the pastor said over him, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in that moment, the sinful nature that he was born in, the righteousness that he was born with, which was not right, good righteousness at all, the scripture actually refers to the right, our righteousness as filthy rags. Except for the scripture actually uses stronger language than even that. That our righteousness is absolutely filthy. It's like covered with human waste is the way the scripture speaks. And in our baptism, so in Les's baptism, the righteousness he was born with was lifted off of him. And it was placed on Jesus. And Jesus took his righteousness, which would be like, like a kingly garment, the most beautiful of clothing you could imagine. He lifted that off of himself and placed it on less. As it says in 2 Corinthians, God made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we may become the righteousness of God. This is what Luther, which yesterday was the 499th anniversary of the Reformation, which is why you heard a mighty fortress. Luther called that the blessed exchange. In baptism, we are made the righteousness of God. And Jesus receives ours. See, the for, see, in baptism we receive the full righteousness, the full forgiveness of sins. And baptism isn't a one-day event. It happens the entire life. That's why we don't say, I was baptized. We say, I am baptized. Present. Always. See, when he was brought to the font, eternal life began. This candle right here, it is not, I don't know if you know this, but this candle is only, is not lit at all between Ascension Day and Christmas Day. The exception 
It's for a funeral and today for All Saints Day. And the reason is, is it's symbolizing baptism. It's a reminder. See, we leave that candle unlit between Ascension Day and Christmas because Ascension Day is when Jesus ascended into heaven. Christmas, we celebrate his birth, but we're also waiting for Jesus to return. So the candle unlit is symbolizing that anticipation. But we light it at a baptism. We light it at a funeral to remind that Christ has come to this person in baptism. Or in the case of a funeral, to remind us that the person is in the presence of Jesus now. They are right before the throne of God. That's where less is. That reading from Revelation 7, which is actually one of the readings for All Saints Day, which is, like I said, today, that is a depiction of what Les saw when he closed, when he, after he closed his eyes, breathed his very last breath. There's a beautiful hymn, it's called Up Through Endless Ranks of Angels. It talks about, it's a hymn that is, it's an Ascension Day hymn, and everybody here will learn it in about April-ish. But in the hymn, it talks about what happens when we die. See, when a person dies, the angels of God are sent to bring them to heaven. And so the person, as they have breathed their last breath, heard the last thing that they heard on this earth, they seen the last thing they could see, their ears all of a sudden turn open in heaven to hear the angels singing in victory, singing a song that you could not even imagine. And then, the an- and he, he-, he would hear those angels singing as they're coming to take him into the presence of Jesus. And as the angels are coming, he breathes a breath, the breath of the Holy Spirit, a breath that does not end. And then his eyes would finally open and he would see the face of the Heavenly Father smiling on him. We actually talk about this in our liturgy when we say, Lord, lift up your countenance upon us. That is actually saying God smiles on you. He smiles on you because you are his children, as John, 1 John 3 said. You smile on your children most time. Some days maybe not so much. But very often you are smiling on your children or grandchildren. Our Heavenly Father smiles on all who believe in him. And so last, the first time he opened his eyes in heaven, would see the face of the Father smiling on him. And then the sense of touch. He would feel the embrace of Jesus holding him, hugging him, saying, welcome, my son. 
That is what happened Wednesday evening when he, he breathed his last breath on this earth. He entered into paradise. And the reason we know this is because, not because Les was such, because he, he was such a wonderful person, which he was, he did, he received, he entered there because God did all the work. Because Jesus in baptism reached down and said of Les, you are my child. And any good work he did in this life, any kind deed he did, was not what saved. Rather, it was evidence that he was saved. Good works is the proof that faith is living. Not what saves us. See, when a child, helpless, he was claimed. Is God's little child. So, is it a good morning? In a sense, no, because death is a reality. But see, our Lord, He makes the not good things good. Even death, He makes, he makes good out of it. For the day is going to come. So you're going to hear it in the scriptures when we're at the gravesite. You're going to hear the language of sowing the body into the ground. Which living in a rural area, that's a wonderful language because everybody here should know what it means to sow a seed. And you're hoping that that seed grows up as something, right? That there's going to be something to harvest. It's harvest season right now. See, we sow the body into the ground knowing that God's harvest is going to come. And that's exactly why All Saints Day is at the time of the year it is, by the way. It's to remind us that our God is going to one day, he's going to walk through this cemetery, he's going to walk through every cemetery, and he's just going to tell every one of them, wake up. Let's get up. He'll say that to everyone that has ever died in the faith. And they will listen. They will rise bodily. Stronger than they had ever been in this life. Think of what a seed is. A seed's just a little thing compared to the plant it becomes, right? God allows our body to break down to nothing that he may turn it into a glorious body. That is what we look forward to. And it's all done as a gift. So until that day comes, it, it, every morning is good as long as you are a child of God. Because no matter what happens to you, the resurrection is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen.
At this time, we sing hymn 727 on eagle's wings.